Hey everyone, welcome to episode 137, Event or a Pattern. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, so I'm always thinking about different things that help our family, help our kids, and help our connection, so to speak, and help when I'm working with you and pain points that you have. And one thing I learned from Dr. Laura, I listen to her podcast sometimes, and it's a call-in radio show where people call in and they tell her all their problems, and then she offers advice. And so I love it for the problems part. I agree with some of what she says, not all of it, but that's not why I listen. I listen because I want to hear the pain points. I want to hear the problems. I am addicted to hearing people's problems. I know that sounds really strange, but I'm just fascinated by what makes people tick, what makes people squirm, what makes people upset, what makes people mad, which makes another person sad, then the other person's not affected at all. So just studying the human behavior has always been something that's completely fascinated me. That's why I love true crime. I love listening to call-in radio shows where they just talk about their problems. I love hearing your problems. I love it all because I feel like when we understand it, then we can come from a place of understanding and connection versus fighting and anger and you did this and you said that and you did this and you said that. We can come from a place of empathy and compassion, not saying we're going to be treated like a doormat, but finding that balance of like, okay, I need to make a boundary here, but not taking it so personally, not having it lay us up on the couch and crying our eyes out because someone said something that hurt our feelings. And so when we understand where people are coming from, and understand the human experience, that it's messy and it's tricky and it's confusing and it's inspiring and it's all the 50-50, then we can say, oh, okay, this is part of being a human. This is my curriculum. And so one thing that she said, and she says often, is about when someone calls in and they say like their child has been lying or their husband yelled at them or a mother-in-law is being a little pushy patty. She's only on the phone with them five to 10 minutes tops. And so she has to assess the situation very quickly and not based on one isolated incident. She has to see, is this an event or a pattern? So she's always asking the callers, is this an event or is this a pattern? Is it a pattern of lying or is this an event of lying? And so whenever it's an event, it's not that we let it go and we move on, but we kind of don't have to make it as big of a deal as we do. We can kind of give the person grace or give ourselves grace because a lot of people that I help lose weight, they want to stick to a workout plan and they want to work out. And let's say the plan says five days of working out, one rest day and one stretch day. And then if they miss that whole one of those five days, they're throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's very all or nothing. And so the event versus pattern kind of gives you that leeway to not throw the baby out with the bathwater because you missed one workout or you yelled one time or you were snappy at your spouse or you fed something to your children that was less than desirable for a meal or if your child has a bad habit or if you have a bad habit, you can look at it and say, is this an event or a pattern? If it's an event, we can address it, move on, or we can just kind of move on and give the person or ourselves grace. When it's a pattern of behavior or a pattern of interactions or a pattern of bad habits with ourselves, with our spouse, with our kids, with our job, with the way that we engage with our home, 
Because remember, the relationship with our house is another relationship in our life. So when we look at the interaction with said experience or said person. And it's very easy to see patterns of behavior in other people, but are we looking within ourselves to see the pattern within ourselves? Most of the times when you listen to this podcast or listen to personal development or hear someone speaking on YouTube, your first line of thinking is going to be what my, I think I heard at church, our pastor said, when you listen with your elbows, meaning you're listening to something that I'm saying or in a book or in a podcast or on the radio or from a friend or with your pastor. And the first thing you wanna do, you wanna nudge the person next to you. Are you listening to this? They're talking to you. Are you listening? Are you listening? And that doesn't usually work. The little elbow nudge doesn't really work. It's very tempting to do. So when you want to listen with your elbows, just nudge yourself because you have more control over yourself versus you do over your kids or your spouse or your mother-in-law or your greedy, greedy grandpappy. This is where your true power comes from controlling your side of the street, staying in your lane and not listening with your elbows. Because when you listen with your elbows, what you're doing is you're telling the other person, I'm withholding something from you. I'm withholding love. I'm withholding affirmations or I'm withholding full acceptance of you because you have this problem and you're not fixing it and you're broken. And if the nudges worked and having the talks and doing all the things, if that worked, I would be selling it on the side of the street. But we all know we don't like to be controlled nor do other people. So when you look at their behavior or look at something that you're doing, ask yourself, is this an event? Meaning it's happened one time, two times, every once in a blue moon. Then you live in grace, you live in compassion, you live in empathy. If it's a pattern of behavior, then you can do one of two things. You can create a boundary. If it's someone outside your four walls, you can create a boundary and see them on Sunday for chicken dinner versus every single day. Let's say it's your mother-in-law. You can create space if it's a pattern of behavior that's disrespectful to you. And sometimes making a boundary can just be leaving the room until you both get in the green zone. Because a lot of times when our kids are in the yellow and red zone, we join the red and yellow with them and then they're very confused. So leaving the room is a great strat, as we talk about stacking our strats, a great strat to teach our kids that when someone is treating you in a way that is not okay, then it's okay to make a boundary. Like the other day, Grady started yelling and screaming about something I can't remember what it was. I said, I'm gonna have to make a boundary right now because the way that you're speaking to me and the energy in which you're bringing to me is not okay. Talked just like that, walked out of the room and I told him in advance that if this happens and there's any type of yelling, because we don't yell in this house and mommy and daddy don't yell and we model it for you. But if you're gonna do it, then the boundary will be that I'm gonna have to exit stage left until you get back in the green zone. Sometimes I can help you get in the green zone, but when it's directed at me, I have to create a boundary of safety for myself, for my heart. And that's the words that I talk with him. I do the same thing with Lily. And sometimes they'll do it to me. And when they do it to you, you don't wanna take it personally. You wanna say like, you know that TikTok trend? Go best friend, go best friend. I can't think of the tune, but it's pretty much saying like, go you, you're making a boundary. Because what we want to teach our kids through modeling and embodying is that when something is going on that is not okay, you need to exit stage left or stick up for yourself. So when it's a pattern of behavior, your first instinct is going to beat yourself up or want to beat yourself up. Like, yeah, I couldn't keep up with the five days a week. I'm such a loser. I'm just going to do zero. Yep. Couldn't read the 10 pages a day. I'm such a loser. Yep. Couldn't keep my house organized. Why do I even bother? That's what your first line of thinking is going to be. But then you're going to disrupt that thinking and disrupt that pattern and get super curious and not furious. From this state, you can think a lot clearer. The other day, Grady was trying to teach me a game on Switch and it was in tennis. I knew how to play tennis. I finally learned how to like 
play tennis on Mario with him. He's so good. So he plays down for me, which is fine. So we can like rally it back and forth to each other. So he was trying to teach me some trick shots and he was over teaching. Over teaching means he was coming at me so hot with all these. He's like, then you got to do this. Then you got to do this. And then you got to do this. So I was like, all right, let's do one at a time. So then he'd teach me the jump shot and then I learned the jump shot, but I'm still pretty shaky on it. And then he'd move on to the fire shot, but I hadn't learned the jump shot yet. And he was coming at so fast and he was going like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And then he was getting like, he was just staring at me while while I was I was playing against the computer at this time, I was practicing these trick shots. And he was literally staring. He was he wanted it so badly for me, but he was putting so much pressure on me, unbeknownst to him, because he was like these big eyes staring at me. And I'm like, I can't think straight. I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I just was so overwhelmed and stressed because he's staring at me, like wanting it so badly for me and teaching. And then he thought I got it. And then he was moving on to the third one. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then I was like, you know what, buddy? Why don't you go put your bike away? Because he had left it in the driveway. And while you put the bike away, I'm going to practice these on my own. And he's like, this is how I feel when you're talking to me about my spelling words. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can see that now. I couldn't think clearly. It was so clustered in my brain. I couldn't even do the shot even if I wanted to. And as soon as he left to go put his bike in the garage. It was only three to five minutes, but in that three to five minutes, I was able to like, oh, okay. All right. I can get, all right, let's see what's going on. And I could actually think clearly. A lot of times we come in so hot with our kids, they can't think clearly. There's no way I could have done that trick shot with him literally hovering over me. I'm like, you're kind of acting like a stalker. Like, give me some space, boy. So when you're in the green zone, then you can think clearly just like I was able to do the trick shot because he wasn't hovering. He wasn't like staring me down with these big blue eyes, which were so adorable. And he was rooting for me, but he was almost rooting for me too hard, if that makes any sense. And once he left, I could actually like think. And when you're in the yellow or red zone, the yellow and red zone doesn't always mean that you're hot and you're screaming and you're yelling. Sometimes it's the sad. I was in the yellow because I was feeling overwhelmed. We put our kids in those zones a lot and then we expect them to think on their toes. It's not gonna happen. So when you take a step back and you're reflecting on your day or studying their behavior, studying your behavior, studying the way that you're dancing with each other, from that space, when you kind of step back and you give it some breathing room, you can get super curious and not so furious. And Grady being over me was creating even more overwhelm. So I couldn't do the shot. Even if he told me all the things in the right way, I needed to practice, but I needed to practice with him not like staring me down with these big eyes like a puppy does when they need to go outside to go potty. So when it's a pattern of behavior, you want to get curious about, okay, this is a pattern of behavior. You can talk to the child and you can talk to yourself, whoever is having the pattern of behavior. Like Grady was leaving his clothes on the floor after the shower. And it was becoming a pattern versus just an event. Every once in a while he was doing it. So I would pick him up or Dave would pick him up. No big deal. If you like your reasons for why you're doing the thing, or if you want to just be extra helpful and do it every day, that's okay too. There's no right or wrong answer. But I was like, you know what? This is becoming a pattern and this is something I don't want to get in the habit of doing every single day. Again, not a big deal. So I'm like, hey, bud, I noticed that the um, clothes on the floor, that's becoming a pattern. It used to be an event. Now it's a pattern. He's like, yeah, it's no big deal. I'm like, yeah, well, it kind of is because it's not really, you know, it's not really what we want to get in the habit of doing. And he kind of blew me off. And so I was like, hmm, all right, get curious. Don't get furious. Get curious. Don't get furious. And so we do a lot of rewinds in our house where, okay, rewind, go backwards. Kind of like when my students used to run in the hallway, they would come back to the classroom and they'd be literally panting out of breath. And I'd be like, oh, excuse me, Sally, were you running in the hallway? And she's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, come here, I need, to, I need to feel your pulse. And I'd feel their pulse and it'd be racing. I was like, oh my goodness, not only did you run in the hallway representing Ms. Hutchison's heroes, but you also told Ms. Hutchison a fib. That takes a marble out of my jar. I need you to go back and do a rewind and try walking down that hallway one more time. Thanks so much. And that's how I talk to my students. 
not in that sarcastic tone, but definitely NBD, PIC, play it cool, no big deal. So they would go back and do a rewind and I would stand in the hallway or look out the window and watch them walk down the hallway. It's silly, but it's effective because it kind of teaches them what you want to see versus always telling them like, like you're hitting a whack-a-mole of like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, stop, 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 stop. Teach them what you want them to do instead and then reinforce it. And so as they're walking down the hallway, I'm saying, wow, look at those feet. Those are like turtle feet. They're so safe. Look at those safe feet. Again, they're six years old. So I can talk in that way. My 11 and 13 year old would be like, are you serious calling my feet safe? That's wonky. I remember I used to call Lily's sneakers that she was so scared for kindergarten. We got her new sneakers. I'm like, these are the brave shoes. She's like, what are those? I'm like, when you put the shoes on, they make you extra brave. And she was like, oh, really? Oh my goodness. I feel extra brave in being in those shoes for the first day of kindergarten. I try brave shoes with 11, 13 year old. I will be kicked out of the house and blocks will be changed. Okay. So we do a lot of rewinds like, okay, go back, rewind, rewind, er, you know, like the record. And sometimes we even walk backwards to make it silly, light and fluffy. Everything's light and fluffy. And then you teach them what you want to see and then you reinforce that just like you did when they were potty training, if you've potty trained before. And so the other day he did it on his own and I was like, Grady, come here, please. And I said it in a tone like that. He's like, am I in trouble? My kids like literally ask that all the time when I just ask them to come to the room. And I did use kind of like a serious tone. I'm like, you need to follow me. And David was sitting on the couch and Grady's like, what? This is weird. Are you guys going to double team me? What's going on? I don't want to have a sit down talk. This is not a need to need talk, is it? Because when I have to talk to them about something really serious, I mean, serious as, you know, as serious as it gets when you're a kid. But I'm like, this is the need to need. We need to talk about this. This is a need to need conversation. You want to use those very infrequently. So then when you do have to do them, they're very effective because they're like all ears on deck instead of all hands on deck. So I pull him out and he's like very unsure, but he kind of knows it's joking, but he doesn't really know. He's looking at our, he's trying to read our faces. David's kind of playing along, but he knows there's a joke. And I was like, now introducing the world's Olympic gold medal winner for putting clothes in the hamper. Grady Hutchison. And I, I raise his hand up like he's standing on the podium. He's like, stop. That's so weird. Oh my, that's so weird. But he's laughing. I'm like, I know I'm a little weird. I get it, but I can't believe it. And David's like, the crowd goes wild, you know? So we kind of, literally it took four seconds, maybe longer. Reinforce, reinforce, reinforce what you want to see. And it's been about a week and we haven't had to remind him one time. Sometimes when he's going to the shower, I'm like, I wonder if you're going to be a gold medal winner or a silver medal, or maybe it's going to be bronze. Who knows? Because he has to do shirt, shorts, underwear, two socks, and he has to hang the towel up. So if he does all of those things, then that's a gold medal winner. Am I handing him a gold medal? No, it's just a fun, silly little game made up on the fly because I was able to get curious and not furious and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, repeating myself and nagging and snapping or whining or come on, Grady, are you serious? Like that's not really gonna change behavior, but that's what we do if we're in the yellow zone. But when we sit in the green zone, then we can be curious. Okay, I just need to create more consciousness around this habit is what you tell yourself. When you think of it as that, like I'm creating consciousness more around this habit versus they're being disrespectful, they're lazy. I can't believe this. They're just like my ex-husband. They're just like my father. They're just like, like all that judgment and shame that we put along and all the story, we can take all that out when we're in the green zone and get super curious and just like, okay, this is something I need to create more consciousness around to create better habits. Now, it's been a week, so I'm not really mentioning the Olympics anymore because that's what you do. You like, there's a lot of reinforcement in the beginning. There's a lot of celebration. There's a lot of gold medal winner kind of talk. And then it just becomes part of who they are. It becomes habit. They're not going to be going into high school talking about winning a gold medal, putting their undies in the hamper. 
Do you see how you wean off this system and you wean off this approach, so to speak? Just like potty training in the beginning, there was so much support, so much celebration. Now your kids are older if they're older and you're through the potty stage. You don't celebrate every time they go on the potty. It's just what they do. So the same thing works when you're creating healthy habits with our kids. And healthy habits could be something that they're eating, their vitamins, or putting their laundry in the hamper and making it fun, making it light and fluffy. The younger they are, the more games you can play. Grady's 11 in fifth grade doing this, and he's still like really into it. So I know that changes over time. You know, Lily's in middle school. So you create the good habits and the healthy habits when they're younger. And then it becomes so much easier when they're older and it just becomes part of who they are. And it's not something you have to reinforce over and over and over. But when they're older, you can say like, this is something I need to help you create consciousness around. How can I help you? What would work for you? So like Lily was having a hard time remembering to wear her brace every night. It's not that she was forgetting. It's just that she was falling asleep while watching Grey's Anatomy and then it's very uncomfortable to kind of hang out in the brace, but it's not bad to sleep in. And so, you know, like you're watching TV or watching a show and then you get kind of sleepy and kind of dozy and you can just kind of nod off. Well, it was hard for her to be in that sleepy stage and then have to get up, put the brace on, and then she's back awake. So it was disrupting that. So I was like, all right, this is something we need to create more consciousness around. I like the reason why you always want to like your reason. So do I like my reason of having her wear her brace every night? Of course. Yes. Does she like the reason? She doesn't really like the concept, but she knows that it's something that's kind of like we have to do. Now with the laundry, if I want to put Grady's laundry in the hamper for the rest, you know, until he gets it on his own, that's fine too. Because that's just me being helpful. I'm still making his lunches. I'm okay with making his lunches. I like my reasons for making his lunches. Although the other day he said I can stop putting notes in his lunchboxes. My heart about broke and half. What? And Lily's in middle school and she's making her own lunches. So you kind of just wean yourself off. But I like my reasons for making his lunch. I like my reasons for putting out his water for the next day that he brings to school with him the night before and his snack that he brings to school. I like my reasons for doing that every day. Now, could I have him do it? Yes, but I don't need him to do it yet. And so I don't need to create consciousness around it because it's not something I'm ready to like hand off the reins, so to speak. But putting his laundry in the hamper, that's something I like my reasons for enforcing. Do you see how this like can go either way? And so Lily said, you know, it would really help if I sent you a picture of me and my brace like in the morning, just that extra layer of accountability. And so in the beginning, she'll send me a picture of her brace being on to help her stay accountable. And then as she has done it more, she doesn't send it as much. It's more of a habit. It's more of a pattern because we're creating consciousness around it versus I can't believe you're not doing this. And I said so, and this is what, so you're kind of like working with them. And the older they are, the more they can give you feedback of what's going to help them and what's not going to help them. Like with Grady and his spelling words, I'm like, what helps you study your spelling words? The other day, he's like, if you tell me to study them for 15 minutes, that's so stressful. And I'm like, okay, what would work? He goes, if you just say at least 15 minutes, that's not as stressful. I'm like, who's going to tell him that's the same thing? What? I'm like, Grady, that's the same thing. He's like, I don't know what it is, but when you say 15 minutes, I just feel like that is just too much. I was like, all right, what's reasonable? He's like, if you just say at least 15, you can even say 20, you can say at least 20 minutes. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Because now he's older, I can get a lot more feedback from him and I kind of get, don't get, for him, the words have more power that it seems too overwhelming to say 15 minutes. But for some reason, if I say at least 15 minutes, that's a little bit easier to consume or absorb or bite off. Okay, buddy. So now I say, go study your spelling words and I'll put in air quotes because we're very, very, very sarcastic in our house. We rarely take each other and ourselves seriously. I'm like, at least 15 minutes, buddy. He's like, thanks, mom. I'm like, oh my goodness. 
So funny. So get them to help you the older that they are. And when they're younger, you kind of know them because you've been studying them. You know what, if their love language is physical touch, then that's high fives and hugs. If it's words of affirmation, you're complimenting them. If it's gift giving, then you can, instead of doing a half a bath bomb, you can give them a whole bath bomb for the night in their bath. Do you see how simple and easy this all is? It's not, okay, I need to go on Pinterest and I need to go find a chart and I need to check off the chart. It's very on the go. And just the way in which you're dancing becomes a lot more fluid and a lot less stepping on your toes, but you're still gonna step on their toes and that's okay. If you're always stepping on each other's toes, that's becoming a pattern. Then you wanna get curious and not furious to figure out how can I turn this into an event and create more consciousness around this so it happens every once in a while versus rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and you feel like you're on the crazy cycle. Because I was on the crazy cycle for five years and that cycle is exhausting, draining, so tiresome. And I would lay my head at the end of the night. I would lay my head on the pillow before I went to sleep, literally crying because I felt so much guilt for the way that I showed up that day, promising the next day it was going to be different. And it wasn't different. The reason why is because I wasn't disrupting the pattern. I was just living in that state of tension and waiting for the other shoe to drop and walking on eggshells. And I wasn't getting curious. I was making their behavior mean something about me when it had nothing to do with me. They just needed more consciousness around XYZ behavior, XYZ emotion, XYZ math habit, whatever it was. They just need more consciousness to practice it. And then guess what? Then it becomes part of who they are and part of the routine and part of what they're doing. And then you move on to the next skill and the next lesson. And it's always a journey and never destination. But when you get curious and not furious, then you can create consciousness around it for them and also for yourself. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.